Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Well, pinch my ass and call me sugar. I will be damned. We won our fifth straight home game. I didn't even realize we'd won four in a row, but guess what? We have. And then we won number five today over Atlanta, which means we're going to end the calendar year of 2023 on a high note. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it's amazing uh, to have it all go down the way that it did uh, against the Falcons. I feel like for the first time this season, the Bears actually played a 60-minute game. There wasn't a time during this game, I don't think, where I felt like, here we go again. I mean, it was, it, was, it was on the back of my tongue when Taylor Heineke scored that touchdown in the, in the fourth quarter to make it a 10-point game, but the Bears squashed it. As soon as that happened, we rattle off 10 more points. We put this thing to bed. We do what we fa- basically failed to do most of the season, even last week against the uh, Cardinals. We actually went out there and put the game to bed. And, um, you know, as opposed to just kind of, you know, running out the clock like we did last week on the Cardinals, we actually put the Falcons away. And it feels damn good. Not to mention, we got the number one pick locked up because uh, the Cardinals beat the Eagles, which sucks for my pick'em game. But uh, that was really great for us because it put two, two games between the Cardinals, Patriots, and I think Commanders, between those three teams and Carolina because they lost again today. They're at 14 losses, and everybody, and the, the next worst record has four wins. So, yeah, the Carolina's guaranteed the number one pick, which means we are guaranteed the number one pick. And, uh, yeah, it also bumps the, the uh, Cardinals down to four. Right now, which means the Bears have some room if we do want to trade back a little bit and, uh, you know, say maybe go to three or something like that and still be able to get Marvin Harrison Jr. because three is the Patriots, two is the Commanders now. So both of those teams in desperate need of quarterbacks. Uh, from what I understand, both of them will be, you know, I, I know for sure the Commanders are going to have a brand new head coach and, and the rumors say Belichick is out in New England, so new head coach, new general manager, because Belichick is both, new quarterback, makes a lot of sense. Bears drop down to three, one and two, take quarterbacks. We get some extra picks and Marvin Harrison Jr. Wouldn't that just be, woohoo? Oh, man, I'm getting tingles just thinking about it, which means it's not going to happen. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about this. It's Victory Monday. Happy New Year, everybody. It's January 1st, 2024. We got one game left, and it's the game I want 
this game. I've been talking about it since we were like three and nine, and here we are seven and nine, and uh, you know we're gonna get this. We got to get it. We have to. It has to happen. So anyway, let's talk about this one before we start talking about that one. This is the week seventeen review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the So we got snow, um, and I was not expecting that. I was thinking 35-degree weather is not going to be the kindest temperatures for an, a Southern Dome team to be coming into town and, and everything. And then it started snowing. And, and I'm in northwest Indiana, maybe an hour and change from the stadium, and it didn't start snowing over here until the game had been over for at least a couple hours. Like I, I finally looked out the window at about 5, 5.30, and then we finally started seeing snow uh flurries you know and it was snowing on and off i think it basically snowed throughout the entire game but how heavy was on and off uh throughout the uh contest kind of added a little something to it justin fields uh remarked at the end of the game i don't really i was like i like the way he's talking and i hate it all at the same time because what he said was you know i'm going to remember this game for the rest of my life which sounds great you know, the win, my teammates, the fans, because they were chanting, we want fields, we want fields, you know, the snow, so bare weather, the whole nine yards. That's great. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, this is going to be one of those landmark moments in his life. But he's also kind of saying that in the tone of, in case this is my last game as a bear in Chicago, which I don't like. I don't like that he's preparing himself not to be here Uh anymore so but hopefully the rumor that came out yesterday that uh, the Bears have decided to keep Eberflus hopefully that is true because one would have to assume or at least one would hope anyway that Eberflus coming back means we're keeping fields and basically we're staying the course and keeping fields we're going to go forward um, with fields and keep building around him and the upside to that guys it's not wasting another year of Justin Fields or anything like that. My philosophy in building a team is to build the team and the quarterback is the final piece. So one of two things is going to happen. Either this is going to become Justin Fields' team and he's going to be our quarterback for the next decade with the team that Ryan Poles is building around him, or Ryan Poles is putting together a hell of a roster that he's going to plug a quarterback in in 2025 or 2026, uh, you know, or, or, you know, whatever the situation is. Like, it'll, whether it's a, a veteran quarterback that comes in or a rookie quarterback that will just have a strong supporting cast around him. I mean, if you guys remember, my OGs will remember this. In 2017, when we drafted Mitch, I was furious that we had drafted Mitch because Ryan, Ryan Pace had put together one of the weakest off-seasons I've ever seen. Like, I don't think any of the guys that he signed in 2017 were still on the team in 2018. It was one of those years. Kind of like what Poles did last year in 2022. It's like maybe three of those guys survived to 2023, all those one-year deals uh, that he put together uh, last season. It's like Justin Jones and... Yeah, that's about it. Justin Jones... <laughs> Who else did he sign in 2022 that's still on the team right now? I mean, it's it's just that they're, they're not around. And it was the one of the weakest off seasons we've ever had. 
And I wanted us to keep building the team. The under Fangio, the defense had really kind of grown over the last two seasons. In 2015, 2016, you were seeing some really great things with the defense. I wanted Jamal Adams. Now, maybe in the end it turned out to be a good thing that we didn't get Jamal Adams because for all of that guy's talents, the guy's made out of paper mache. He's hurt all the time. You know, and not just little dings here and there where he misses a game or two. I'm like, no, this guy catastrophically injures himself. He's been in the league, what, seven years? And I, th- I think maybe he's clocked in about three and a half seasons uh, of gameplay over those seasons. So, you know, when he's on the field, he is unstoppable. But when, but put being on the field is also like the worst thing that happens to him just about every season. But when I, the last thing I wanted to do, I didn't want Watson. I didn't want Mahomes. I didn't want any quarterback. I wanted to keep building the franchise. I wanted us to keep building and then plug the quarterback in in 2018, which was the Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen was all those guys coming out and and Josh Allen and all those guys coming out in 2018. Let's go get our quarterback next year. Let's do one more season, uh, you know, with this. It's like, what did we sign, uh, you know, Giraffe Neck for? I can't remember his name anymore, but... Uh, you know, what do we sign that guy for? If we're going to go and draft a quarterback second or third, the no, third overall, which was the original pick, but I'm getting off onto a tangent here. But that's, that's the, for me, that's the upside of not taking a quarterback this time, continuing to build the team uh, around him, maybe getting a few, maybe getting another first round pick, another second rounder next year uh, and everything, which would give us two ones and three twos if we were able to pull that off, because we have Carolina's second-round pick next year uh, as well. So, yeah, load up on those picks, get those young talent, that young talent in there. We'll have a young, extremely talented team full of blue-chip players, you know, and wouldn't it just be the nice thing to have to figure out, like, maybe what the, the commanders did, but only as a good football team, where, hey, maybe we can get some extra assets trading away Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat because we can't afford to keep all of these awesome players we drafted. So, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, one of those things. But time will tell. Time will tell. But before we get to all that, let's talk about this game that I keep, you know, getting tangents away from uh, and everything. So the, the weather is, is the thing uh, on Sunday, and we saw the effects early on, especially uh, for the Falcons, uh, and their field goal kicker, as you'll hear me say almost verbatim uh, in the uh, knee-jerk reaction. But, um, you know, for, for all the struggles that the Bears had with the Cardinals, it's like I changed my pick at the last minute because originally I was going to go with the Falcons because I just did not like the way the game ended with the Cardinals, how we kind of struggled to put that football team away. And I guess it's a credit to them and to Jonathan Cooper, their head coach, that these guys keep fighting until the – very end because those those sons of bitches went out to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in Philly today. I mean, come on. So, yeah, he's got those guys fighting until the very last minute, and I just didn't like that the Fal- who, the Falcons, who I thought were a more talented team, were coming into Chicago. I thought they would, you know, I thought they'd come in and beat us. Not to mention the Bears are allergic to winning streaks. So, you know. <laughs> I just didn't like the way that this sour taste in my mouth, even though we won the game last week. To me, it felt like one of those yeah, but victories uh, that I like to talk about during the Nagy era so much. But uh, today wasn't that, man. We kind of hit the ground running on on offense. The defense was doing things. We were catching breaks like field goals being missed. And uh, the Bears got off to a start 
And the one of the the statistics that the the announcer kept saying over and over again was that the Bears haven't allowed a haven't allowed points in the first quarter since the Carolina game, which was week ten, I believe. And uh, the thing that uh, apparently his statistician didn't tell him was that uh, actually you have to take it back a week sooner than that or a week prior to that because the points that were quote unquote allowed in the first quarter were Amir Smith Marset running that punt back for a touchdown. So the defense didn't give up those didn't give up points in the first quarter then either. So you know there was that. So anyway, first quarter knee jerk reaction. We got the snow. You're gonna hear me talk about the snow, the Yang Wei Ku Missing field goals, Juan. I just shut up and let you guys hear it. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears, Falcons, and uh, we got snow. It's snowing. It's below freezing out there in uh, Soldier Field uh, today, and it seems to be affecting the Falcons a little bit, or at least their kicker, Yang Wei Ku, one of the best kickers in the league, has missed two field goal attempts. Uh, one, which was horribly short on a 50-yard kick, which is in his range. He's a 55-yard, like I think that's his bleeding edge there. But from 50, it, it landed in the end zone. He was way short, had a second attempt uh, later in the first quarter. And this one, he he Cody parkied it off of the uh, left upright. It didn't double doink, just one doink. But it uh, was enough. The Bears, on the other hand, Justin Fields has been throwing the ball extremely well, mostly to DJ Moore. The last graphic I saw, he had 94 yards passing. He was 5 of 6, and 70 of that had gone to DJ Moore, who had two really great catches on, well, three actually. Three great catches on three really great throws uh, from Justin, including a touchdown on the Bears' uh, opening drive. So it's 7 nothing right now. The only thing of concern I'm really seeing from the defense right now is something that the analysts were talking about, like maybe the Bears need to switch up how they're rushing uh, Taylor Heineke because he had rushed for three first downs when the pocket had opened up on that last drive where Yang Ku doinked it off the uh, upright. Other than that, the defense has been really good so far. Obviously, we're pitching a shutout one quarter in. The offense is doing well as well. We're up 7 nothing. The Bears have the ball, and we are in Atlanta territory. <laughs> so just one drive for the Bears in that first quarter, but we made it count. Uh, drove the ball right down the field. And like I said, uh, Fields was pretty much on fire from the start. First play of the game, he goes over the top 32 yards to DJ Moore on a dime. Put it in one of those spots where only DJ Moore uh, could catch it. We got Khalil Herbert in there uh, doing things. Roshan Johnson uh, ran for 24 yards on third and nine. I mean, come on. It was a it was a it was a pass though, as I'm now reading again. But uh, you know, Fields finds uh, DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone. Another really great throw. It remind me a lot of the uh, if if you're just looking for a mental image, think of the 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 touchdown pass from uh, Mitch to Allen Robinson in that big Tampa Bay Buccaneer blowout uh, back in 2018, where he's. It looks like he's going to run out of real estate in the corner of the end zone, and the ball just drops right in. Bang. DJ Moore comes down with it for the touchdown. The Bears are up uh, 7-0. So it was a seven-play, 60-yard drive, and uh, the Bears were up 7-0 uh, 
from there. And and those two drives that missed that were the missed field goals for the uh, Falcons. Six plays, forty-four yards. Ten plays, fifty-one yards. Where he, where Young Wei missed the field goals. Um, those were the best drives that that Atlanta had as far as keeping their f- offense on the field for more than a play or two. Because after the Bears scored another touchdown at the start of the second quarter, they had one play for a screen play and a touchdown, which we'll talk about in the next jerk reaction. Like, but after that is three and out, three and out, three and out, basically for the rest of the the half. So it's like aside from one big play, the defense really absolutely shut the Falcons down uh, in the first half, starting in the first uh, quarter because that 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 issue with uh, with rushing Heineke didn't rear its ugly head again until the fourth quarter when Heineke scored a touchdown uh, on the scramble. But it's like basically what was happening was even the interior guys were rushing to the outside, leaving the middle of the field wide open. And when nobody was open in the secondary, Heineke would just step up and take off running. Now, he's not really known for his mobility or anything, but he's an athlete, so he can. He was doing enough to get the first down, and he did that uh, to start the football game, and he did that on that second drive that, you know, on that 10-play drive that resulted in the other missed field goal. So, um, you know, it was looking like something that was going to be an issue for the Bears throughout the game, but after those two drives, the one play touchdown drive, the rest of the uh, the rest of the half for the Falcons is punt, punt, interception. Those are their remaining three drives, and it was a total of nine plays that the Falcons ran after the touchdown uh, in the second quarter. So, you know, defense really did cinch up and uh, you know get after. Atlanta, but we saw this last last week against the Cardinals. It was twenty-one to seven at the half, same as it was this week. So, you know, you, you loved what you were seeing out there, the way that the Bears were handling things, that the way that we're you know beating up on the on the Falcons, especially with the way the defense kind of closed out the half, two three and outs and an interception. You love to see it, but uh, even going into halftime, yeah, it looks good, but. We've seen this before. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Second quarter, Bears, Falcons, and quite a bit of fireworks here at the end of the half. The Bears go for a 55-yard Cairo Santos field goal, and the wind is coming in pretty hard uh, in that direction. We're kicking right into the face of it, and it ended up being short. That's also the one that Yang Wei Koo uh, got shorted in the first quarter. And... Um, the Falcons had a guy in the end zone catch the football, and he almost ran it back uh, for a kick six uh, touchdown to end the half. Thankfully, his feet got tangled up uh, as you know bodies got you know a little bit more traffic uh, in the red zone. He got to about the fifteen yard line. He was that close uh, to scoring. Thankfully, crisis averted. He gets tackled. No harm, no foul. Essentially, but. It caps off a really great quarter uh, for the Bears. On offense, we scored two more uh, touchdowns. Justin Fields finished the the drive that ended the first quarter. They finished at the start of the second with a nine-yard run from Justin Fields. Um, Then they put another really good drive together, finished it off with a Roshan Johnson uh, one-yard touchdown. And if not for 
one big play from the Falcons, the Bears' defense has basically shut them down because the Falcons had two really good drives that had that led to their missed field goals, and then their third drive was a one-play, 75-yard screen pass touchdown uh, to Algiers, the running back, to make it 14-7. to The Bears march right down the field. Uh, for the Roshan Johnson field goal, make a twenty-one or touchdown to make a twenty-one uh, to seven. It's like outside of that, the Falcons can't really get anything going with the running game. The Bears are pressuring. They haven't gotten Heineke yet. They're pressuring. Actually, I think they've gotten to him once, but they're pressuring him. They're not really anything. To, can't get really anything going. I think the field may have something to do with it because our pass rush is having trouble. I think their receivers are slipping around the field uh, because of conditions and because, you know, Soldier Field, awesome turf that we have uh, and everything. So really great conditions out there with the the moisture and the snow and the cold in Soldier Field. But if I'm not mistaken, the Bears start with the football to start the second half. We're up 21-7. to Hopefully we get a touchdown to kind of – well, actually, I don't want the Bears in control because that's when bad things happen. But you know what I'm saying. I want the Bears to get the ball – Score some points and uh, make this easy for us. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Avo- I want the Bears to avoid going into cruise control because, like I said, we've we've had three double digit fourth quarter leads and and four if you want to include last week and uh, three of those four times we pissed the lead uh, away and ended up losing uh, the football games. And if we'd have won, I don't. Maybe if we'd have just won one of those games. Next week would actually our our chances of making the playoffs. We'd be eight and eight right now, and we'd have an outstanding chance to make the playoffs if we win and maybe get a little bit of help uh, in that uh, in you know from some other teams in in the NFC. So, I mean, if we win all three, then we're ten and seven or uh, nine and seven right now. Are we ten and six? We're ten and six, right? Yeah, ten and six. We because we would have been nine and six instead of six and nine. So we'd be ten and six right now. We probably would have clinched a playoff berth today. Imagine that. Oh, imagine that. Probably have to wait till this time next year to start talking about the playoffs again. But uh, a girl can dream. So yeah, but the uh, you know, like I said, the the defense was doing a good job pressuring, and and I did say the defense was having trouble at the same time, and. To avoid talking out of both sides of my mouth, I think the field conditions made it so that it was harder for us to close on Heineke than it would have been if the the ground was dry or you know or anything uh, like that. Like we were putting in good pressure, collapsing the pocket around him, that kind of thing. But actually closing the deal and getting to him, you saw a lot of slipping and sliding uh, in this one, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, troublesome at times, but overall, uh, the defense was doing its job. The secondary really did an outstanding job uh, today. Uh, Heineke was 10 of 29. Uh, he had one touchdown, the screen pass, and a three interceptions uh, in this one. I think we t- sacked him also two or three times uh, today uh, as well. So going into the half, it's looking really good. That 12-play, 75-yard uh, drive answered the... Uh, yeah, the the twelve yard seventy seventy five twelve play seventy five yard drive uh, came in the uh, early in the second quarter, or yeah, about ten twenty six was when this drive started. But another really great throw to DJ Moore, 
And it was one of those for, for you NFL historians out there. It was the ghost to the post. Uh, Dave Casper, old tight end for the Oakland uh, Raiders. He's running and he's running forward, but he's, he's bent all the way. He's looking backwards kind of thing. And that's what DJ Moore did to look for the ball. He didn't turn his head back like over his shoulder. He looked straight back um, and the ball kind of fell into the basket uh, in his arms. It was just an amazing, a great throw from fields and an even better catch uh, from DJ Moore uh, on that. So, you know, and the bears were able to uh, polish that one off and get Roshan Johnson in the end zone for the two yard run to go up 21 uh, to seven. You got another punt out of the Falcons, another three and out, and then the interception to close out the half. And you heard about the, uh, the fireworks at the end of the half there. And what's funny is Yang Wei Koo came up short on a 50 yard on a 50 yard field goal. And if this was a 50 yard field goal, Santos makes it because this was actually a 55 yard attempt uh, that Santos, you know, and the kid had to jump up to get the ball. Like it was, if he had just stood there flat footed, it goes over his head. It goes under the crossbar, but it goes over his head. He had to jump up and catch it to be able to uh, to bring it back. And at first, it looked like we were going to tackle him back on his end of the field, and he makes this guy miss. And that's what makes this play so scary, is that there are so few, I don't want to say athletes, but smaller, you know, smaller, more athletic guys. It's a bunch of linemen, a kicker, the holder, and maybe a, a linebacker or a running back or whatever are playing on the wing. So some some actual speed that might be able to run down a DB, you're you're down to like two or three guys tops on a kickoff or on a, on a field goal team. That's why you know the the Bears made it look so easy way back when with Devin Hester on that one kickback kick that he ran back against the Giants and everything. It was because we had all those athletes on our side like Erlacher and Tillman and Hillenmeyer and all those guys made crazy blocks on that return. But it was all against a bunch of linemen. There were no like linebackers or you know more athletic guys on the field. It was a bunch of linemen that Hester ran that kickback on, and uh, that almost happened to us. And I I shudder to think how that might have shifted momentum because that was literally how the half ended. If the half ends with Atlanta running a kickback 109 yards for a touchdown to get within one score uh, going into the break, but. Uh, Crisis was averted. The Bears were able to track him down. And it did really look like he got his feet tangled up when uh, his uh, his teammates came to start blocking the guys that were catching up to him. And, um, yeah, it ended up being the uh, being a uh, no harm, no foul, or a really exciting 10 or 15 seconds that uh, resulted in nothing uh, for Atlanta. So, yeah, it was a, a crazy few minutes uh, that we had there, but thankfully nothing came of it. So going into the third quarter, like I mentioned, I wanted to see the Bears come out and basically keep the momentum going. I wanted them to keep doing what they were doing on offense, mixing up the run, mixing with the pass. Uh, Atlanta actually has a pretty good uh, defense, so it really was kind of a, a feast or famine kind of game for the Bears on offense. Either we were ramming it right down their throats or they were stuffing us for losses uh, in this football. It was like kind of like uh, the Detroit-Dallas game 
last night where both teams would have these runs where they get, hey, they got eight, they got 10, they got 11 yards, and on the next play they would get stuffed for a four-yard loss. Those were the kind of moments that were happening uh, on offense for the Bears today. Roshan would break one, or and more importantly, or more specifically, uh, Herbert. Another great day running the ball. The reigning FedEx ground player of the week. He might be in contention for it again after the day that he had, but... Um, you know, he would run one for about 12 yards, and then on the next one he would lose three on a, on a dive up the middle or something uh, like that. So Atlanta was – was the defense was doing its best to try to keep the Falcons in the game, but uh, in the end it was the, the turnovers and uh, Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert being a little too much to uh, handle uh, for the Falcons. So in the third quarter, that's what you wanted to see from the Bears. We wanted to see them come in – Keep doing what we're doing for offense. Put another drive together. Put another one in the end zone and make it a 28-7 to game and not so much keep it in cruise control. I wanted all gas, no breaks uh, in this one just until, like I said in the in the preview, I want to see a 60-minute game. I really want to see the Bears play, play to win for 60 minutes. Not just play 60 minutes, but play to win for 60 minutes. And uh, starting in the third quarter, I get a feeling. I, I got the feeling that's that's what we had. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction. Third quarter. Bears and Falcons, and uh, a lot happened, but uh, not much came out of it uh, in this one. The Bears had an outstanding uh, opening drive. Drove the ball right down the field. Big runs from Khalil Herbert. The chunk pass play to DJ Moore. Get inside. Uh, the red zone, and of course, that's usually where it all falls apart for us. Uh, capped off on a third and goal catch that wasn't meant to be for Tyler Scott. He he caught the ball, got one foot down, and that left foot came out, uh, came down out of bounds. So the Bears settled for a Santos field goal to go up twenty-four to seven. So we got points out of it and made it a three-score game. Atlanta mustered it. The only thing they've been able to do is get another field goal. I believe on the ensuing drive to make it 24 to 10, uh, Taylor Heineke threw a second interception to Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, then the Bears settled for another field goal with it on that one. Tyler Scott dropped another. Actually, he dropped this one in the end zone. Perfect throw from Fields, who has been on fire today with his ball location, his ball placement, his accuracy today has been outstanding. Uh, just hasn't worked out in some cases. Uh, for him, including that throw to uh, Tyler Scott. But the Bears are up 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Atlanta's got the football. Hopefully, in 15 minutes, I won't be telling you about another epic collapse or anything like that. We'll be talking about a seventh Bears victory and securing the number one pick because Jacksonville is beating Carolina in the fourth quarter. <laughs> you know, Jacksonville was making me nervous there for a while. Um, Taylor or Trevor uh, Lawrence wasn't playing today, dealing with a concussion, and that guy's needed a break for a few weeks. But he's in the in the middle of a playoff race, so he's been out there doing whatever he can for his team. And finally, uh, you know, he finally got the the, the concussion or the injury that was going to keep him out for at least a week. And uh, C.J. Beathard, the starting quarterback for the Jaguars, you see him go up three nothing, then six nothing, then nine nothing. It's like, all right, I've seen this movie before and it was with the Falcons a couple of weeks ago when they went down there and then they went up seven nothing and 
Then they were up seven to three. Then they were up seven to six, and then they lost the game nine to seven. You know, it's like, come on, we we can't let the Carolina's actually got a good defense. They're injured, and you know, otherwise, uh, but their their coordinator is a genius, and that guy is uh, turning you know chicken, you know what, into chicken salad uh, out there, and, and getting really decent results from the defense. It's the offense that's been the issue uh, for Carolina more times than not. Uh, this year but um, yeah going into the fourth quarter the Jaguars had finally scored a touchdown they were up 16 nothing uh, the last I checked going into it and um, so it's like okay for a team like the Panthers who are averaging about 13 points a game 16 might be out of their wheelhouse I think we might be okay here and uh, sure enough 15 minutes later when the game was over we already knew that the Bears had locked in the number one pick because Carolina had locked in uh, the number one pick. And I was telling my dad uh, over uh, over dinner tonight that, uh, you know, without knowing what the Bears have ahead of them with with this year's pick and and everything, this, this could turn out to be like the next Herschel Walker trade. And, uh, you know, where it's like Carolina got one guy. That's all they got was the number one pick. It's not like they got a number one pick with a you know a three and a, and a 2026 fifth rounder or something like that. They got the number one pick. That was it. The Bears got two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore uh, in that trade. And, uh, yeah, so right now the tally is Bryce Young for Carolina, Darnell Wright, DJ Moore, Tyree Stevenson, and we still have the 2025 second round pick and the first the first pick in the draft in 2024. <laughs> like, come on. If we can turn that pick into Marvin Harrison Jr. and another first rounder in 2025 and maybe a second rounder this year to make up for the one we traded for Montez Sweat uh, and everything, this could end up being Carolina got Bryce Young and we got the core of our next Super Bowl team in return. I mean, it's it's trending that way as far as how well Poles' picks have turned out thus far. We're only two years in to this thing, but, yeah, guy's out there getting it done, man. He's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers with the way that he's kind of mapped these things out. You know, soft-spoken kind of guy, but he's been saying from the beginning that it's a process and that we're not going to fill all of our holes in one off season and blah, 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 blah. And here we are going into his third off season, his second full off seasons, if you will. And uh, yeah, he's got the number one pick in his back pocket again. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals just won their way out of uh, a dangerous area for the bears. Like for those of us who want the bears to keep building around Justin Fields, we're all salivating for Marvin Harrison Jr. And I know that there's a Malik Neighbors and I think Romo, Rome, Onduns or something like that. Uh, there's also, um, Neighbors is the one from LSU. Uh, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from FSU. I'm sure any of those guys would be a great wide receiver too. But if you can get the next Calvin Johnson, let's go out and get the next Calvin Johnson. Let's do that. But, uh Nonetheless, third quarter was solid defensively, especially uh, for the uh, for the Bears. Uh, you know, offensively, it started out great with that first drive, seven plays, seventy-one 
yards, and uh, you know we had three shots from the three yard line. Uh, was an incomplete pass to DJ Moore. I think that was a good defensive play, actually from the uh, from the Falcons. Um, second down, Justin Fields tried to get around the edge and couldn't beat him to the point of attack and ended up losing a yard on the play. And then on third down was the throw to Scott where he makes the catch, gets the right foot down, but can't get that left foot in. So it's incomplete and the Bears settled for a 22-yard Cairo Santos field goal to go up 24 uh, to 7. And then I was right. Atlanta did come right back down the field. Nine plays, 56 yards for the uh, field goal attempt. This way, Koo was able to make it through the uprights this time. Uh, from 38 yards out, so a lot closer than the 50-yarder and the 42-yarder he'd missed earlier uh, in the uh, in the in the football game. So, and then I think that was it was the end of the third quarter, yeah, near the end of the third quarter, where uh, the Bears were able to intercept uh, Taylor Heineke. This time it was uh, uh, Tyreek Stevenson who got the second uh, interception. He made a really great play in the first half, in the second quarter. He did that thing that uh, Jalen Johnson had done it before, where he was kind of sitting in that zone and he kind of baited, uh, where he baited Josh Dobbs to make the interception in the in the Minnesota game. This time it was Tyreek Stevenson who was kind of sitting in his zone, and Tyler he- Taylor Heineke tried to throw it over his head, and Steven- Stevenson only had to take a couple steps back, jump up in the air, boom, came down with the uh, uh, with the football, and it was a great play. Uh, on his part, and we got another field goal uh, out of it. This time we weren't, we didn't get all the way down to the red zone this time. We were at the 29, uh, 24 yard line. So it was a 42 yard kick uh, from Santos. And then that's when the start of the fourth quarter uh, came, and uh, that's when the Falcons started with their, their basically their best drive of the game because their only other touchdown was a one was a one-play drive on, on a big play. This time they actually put a drive together, 11 plays, 75 yards at the start of the fourth quarter. And this was, it, it very much reminded me of of when the, the Cubs were in the World Series against the Indians. And uh, my man hit that home run against uh, Aroldis Chapman to make it 6-6 uh, late in, the, uh, in Game 7. And that's the only time that you kind of got the here we go again kind of sense, you know, the whole time. Cubs came back and won the game uh, in extra innings and everything. And this was that, you know, that eerie sense like, okay, is this step one in the Falcons coming back to make this, uh, you know, epic comeback against the Bears? And they're going to be the ones playing for a playoff berth next week, not the Bears, you know, or playing with, you know, hopes of a playoff berth. Uh, next week but um, you know and especially since it ended in such a you know a bad way the the Bears were pressuring Heineke he breaks the pocket next thing you know 25 yards later he's in the end zone and it's a 10 point uh, 10 point ball game but uh, the defense shut him down because for the rest of the game the final three drives of the game for Atlanta after that touchdown were punt interception interception and uh, in in between those punts and the interceptions, the Bears threw in another ten points to ice the game. We actually put the Falcons away uh, this time. Uh, I don't know how much I mentioned it in the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction, uh, but uh, you know, 
instead of coming here trying to explain between expletives what happened and how we pissed away another sure victory, we're actually happy. And, uh, you know, the Bears won another football game. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Falcons, and we got our wish. There was no drama, no uh, no excitement outside of the couple interceptions that the Bears put together, uh, one of which led to uh, an, uh, our final touchdown uh, of the game. I believe Khalil Herbert uh, ran. Pretty sure they let him finish it. Uh, he had a really nice run after the Kyler Gordon interception. Um, it was fourth and 17. The Falcons are down, you know, 13. They, they got to go for it. And, uh, you know, Heineke serves up his third interception to Gordon. And uh, Herbert uh, nearly breaks it, gets it on the very next play. The Bears are up 37 to 17. Get another interception from Desmond Ritter, who comes in for the injured uh, Tyler Heineke. Taylor Heineke and uh, aside from Justin Fields getting killed because we're throwing the football with two minutes to go uh, in the game a why is he in there B why are we throwing but outside from uh, from that it was a pretty drama free uh, quarter and Jacksonville did close the deal with Carolina guaranteeing our beloved the number one pick in the draft and the Bears have moved into the in the hunt graphic uh, for the playoffs so the chances of that happening are very, very slim, but it's fun to know that aside from beating Green Bay next Sunday, we have something else to play for as well. So we'll probably learn that by the time we play that it's already been decided and we're done, but uh, maybe we will be the 2023 Detroit Lions, you know, where we beat Green Bay to finish out the year and that catapults us to do great things uh, next season. So we got our wish. For the Happy New Year, we got the number one pick. The, the future's laid out in front of us. We get it done against Green Bay next week, and then it's on to 2024. <laughs> and I was wrong. That first interception that led to the touchdown, I believe, was TJ Edwards. Intercepted. No, it was. It was Kyler Gordon. I guess the second one was uh, DJ Edwards. Oh, the last one was Tyreek. The second one for Tyreek Stevenson. Edwards had an interception. That was the one before halftime. That was TJ Edwards. So, yeah, Tyreek Stevens had two picks. And this one, Kyler Gordon had the one that led to the touchdown. And it was uh, first play of the – no, second play. Second play of the drive. Herbert goes off tackle for 38 yards. It looked like he scored. He tried to do the same thing that Fields did when he – basically Justin scored his touchdown by touching the – pylon with the football um looked like herbert tried to do the same thing but he stepped out before he did so it was at the one yard line they just handed off to him on the very next play and that put us up 37 to uh to 17 like i said in taylor heineke went out he had been limping on the 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 previous uh drive like i think he got twisted up um when he when he got hit uh so they put desmond ritter who promptly threw another interception uh, that one was the second one to Tyreek uh, Stevenson. And that was pretty much a ball game uh, right there. So, yeah, it was nice to see the Bears finish it off, especially with the way the quarter started with the Falcons having some hope, scoring that touchdown to be, you know, to make it a 10-point game, 27-17. to 17. We Bear fans, we you know, we've seen this all unfold a few times before 
this season, sadly. And uh, instead, uh, the Bears and the Falcons traded punts, and then there was the field goal drive, and then after another interception, the touchdown that put the game, uh, that was the nail in the coffin. That was it. We're done after this. And uh, so the Bears went out there and appropriately buried uh, the Falcons, and so we really could kind of cruise in the last three or four minutes uh, of the uh, of the football game. And then we got the great news that uh, Jacksonville had, had beaten Carolina and the Bears were locked in at number one again in 2024. So, yeah, it's pretty great. And then I was not happy on the, on the pick'em front that Arizona had beaten Philadelphia until I'd realized what the repercussion of this was, which that's what basically sealed the number one pick for the Bears was Arizona being um, what basically now they've got four wins and the best that Carolina can do is three. So nobody's going to catch Carolina. So there was a silver lining to Arizona beating Philadelphia and costing me 14 points in my pick em confidence pool. It's that that uh, put the necessary space between Carolina and anybody else trying to steal the number one pick uh, from us. So it's locked in. And like I said, the future's all laid out in front of us. Now I just, uh, we go take care of business against Green Bay and positive vibes going into the off season. I mean, that's what happened to Detroit. They were kind of floating on the way that they finished their season, especially with a big win over a division rival like Detroit or like Green Bay in Green Bay. The Bears have an opportunity to do the same thing. I just feel that there's probably going to be a few matchups that the NFL will look at first to be the final game of the season um, before they hand it to the Bears and the Packers. And if that happens, because right now I think the the, the candidate, the leading candidate in the in the clubhouse right now is uh, Miami and Buffalo, because that game will be for the division. Because Miami lost today, they lost fifty six to nineteen to the Ravens. And uh, Buffalo won their game over the Patriots. So they're only one game back of the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 11-5. and five, The Bills are 10-6. and six. And if the Bills win, they will have swept the Dolphins. Therefore, they will win the division. And, you know, Miami will go from a team that's been flirting with the number one seed to being a wild-card road team where they have, they have not played well on the road this year, including the 56-19 beating they took today. Uh, against the uh, against the Ravens, so I mean that's that's huge, that is absolutely huge. So um, yeah, it's like I think Buffalo's in the playoffs regardless. Now I don't know if they absolutely if they clinched, but uh, they're at ten wins and they're in a pretty comfortable spot right now. I think so they can quote unquote afford to lose next week, but if they win, they win the division and they're basically at home throughout the the playoffs for the most part until they have to go to Baltimore for the AFC championship game. And we'll see if the Ravens can do that because they've, they've been in this spot before where they've been the number one seed and then they lose in the divisional round and it was all for nothing uh, kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, so I mean, if the Bears can pull this off next week, we'll end the season having won, what, five out of our last six games? We'll finish eight and nine, so you know, just short of a losing record for a team that started zero and four. To finish the season eight and five is outstanding. You know, 
And if we'd have just won, well, I mean, we really only were only close to winning one of those of that game against Denver. Say we win that game, then we're nine and eight instead of eight and nine, and you know, the playoffs are a more realistic conversation. But nonetheless, to go from three and fourteen, struggle the way that we did throughout the first half of this season, and finish the season winning five out of six, including our last three division games and beating Green Bay in Lambeau, avenging that terrible week one loss, that embarrassing, heartbreaking week one loss, and flipping the script, um, you know, sending Green Bay home uh, for the offseason for the second year in a row, that would be such a boost to carry the Bears into into the offseason and, and a very pivotal offseason. You know, can Ryan Poles put it together and get us the necessary pieces to uh, take the final step and get into the postseason next year, which is where a lot of people are going to expect the Bears to be, especially with the late progress we made this season, the way the defense came along with whatever weapons we're going to add to the offense uh, and whatnot. It's it's going to be – we're going to be the Lions next year. The people are going to expect things from the Bears uh, next season, depending on what we do here in the offseason. So – but there you have it, guys. The Bears win it 37-17. to Big win over the Falcons. I think that's our second highest point total of the season. I think the 40 that we scored against the Commanders is still the leader in the clubhouse as far as single-point explosions. But, uh, you know, I'll definitely take uh, what the Bears put together here, and I especially like the way that we finished the game, really kind of driving the nail in the coffin there uh, against the Falcons and finishing them as opposed to just the Cardinals ran out of time to catch us uh, like they did last week. So outstanding job from our guys and um, really looking forward to next Sunday. <laughs> you know, have they set us up to have our hearts broken one more time in the, in this 2023 season, you know, where we had all the hope and expectation going into that week one game and the game was just an utter disaster. I'm hoping I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm knocking on wood, I'm crossing all my fingers and toes that next week we show up the way that we thought we would in week one, give Green Bay a hell of a game, and give them beating to send them home uh, in the offseason to think about. Like, the tides have turned, bitch. The Bears are back. The Bears are back on top of this rivalry. You know, we own this again we're taking the north back in 2024 and it starts on sunday against green bay so anyway guys that's going to do it uh let's go ahead and wrap things up with bear up and bear down let me go ahead and pull that up real quick as you can see uh as you would uh, you know would think very heavy on the bear up side of things uh you know very pleased with uh, how the game went uh, bear up to Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown, which was better than the uh, 112 that he had against the Cardinals uh, last week. He even caught a couple of balls out of the backfield uh, for five yards uh, on this one. So almost 130 yards total offense and a touchdown uh, in this one. Bear up Justin Fields, 20 of 32 268, which is actually higher than I was expecting. One touchdown, no picks, no fumbles, no turnovers. He did get sacked a couple of times, but the Falcons do have a good uh, defense, so that's not too uh, surprising. 
He also did have 11 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. So he basically kind of, uh, I was reading uh, an article from Eric Lambert, our good friend from Sports Mockery, said that, uh, you know, what Eberflus is asking of Justin Fields on a week-in, week-out basis, he's been, he said two zero zero, two touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Well, he fell short on the no sacks, but he got two touchdowns. He threw for one, he ran for one, and zero turnovers. Did not throw an interception. Didn't even fumble the football uh, this week. Step in the right direction. And uh, so, yeah, positive things going on there. Bear up Roshan Johnson. Uh, another touchdown uh, running the football this week and caught three balls for 38 yards out of the backfield uh, as well. Uh, unfortunately, Deontay Foreman was a healthy scratch today, and I saw on Twitter that he wasn't exactly thrilled uh, about that. It's, we're, we're kind of back to week one uh, again, where uh, or actually more week two, because Roshan played week one against the Packers, but week like two through five, he was a healthy scratch, and uh, it wasn't until Herbert and Roshan went down against the Commanders that Deontay Foreman got to, got to be active and play. Uh, for a while, but after six carries and negative six yards against the Browns, he didn't play last week against the Cardinals, and he didn't. Uh, he was a healthy scratch today uh, against the um, Falcons, which is unfortunate. It's just, I guess, a numbers game, and unfortunately, Deontay Foreman doesn't play special teams, so Travis Homer gets his spot. Uh, we signed Travis Homer to be a special teams guy. So, anyway, uh, bear up, Gravon Dexter. Two sacks today. Now they have, officially they got him down for one and a half, but I, both of those sacks uh, were his. He's becoming quite the presence uh, in the middle, using that big body of his uh, to clog up the uh, to middle to close in that pocket. That Montez Sweat uh, is is closing in on the edge, forcing those those quarterbacks to you. He came away with two sacks uh, today. Great job from the rookie. Speaking of rookies, Tyreek Stevenson, two interceptions. Uh, from Tyreek uh, today, and especially, I especially love the first one uh, where he was standing there. He kind of was standing in a zone, and Heineke was going to try to throw it over his head. Two steps back, jumps up in the air, boom, comes down with it. Interception, we're going back the other way. And he had the second one off Desmond Ritter at the end of the ball game. So two picks from Tyreek Stevens. Remember earlier in the season when this guy couldn't buy? An interception. He was there to make the play, but he would never catch the damn thing. Well, he's got mud better coming down uh, with those balls, and it's been great to see. Uh, speaking of which, uh, bear down, bear up. Excuse me for Kyler Gordon. Got his interception. Even got to do a uh, Spider-Man flip uh, in the end zone. That's his nickname from Eberflus is uh, Spidey. Um, did a great job there, and he's been playing really well. We he was got a he was a bear up winner last week because he got a sack. Uh, in the Cardinals game, bear up TJ Edwards, another interception for him. I think he was near the top in tackles again this week uh, as well and uh, did an outstanding job there. And bear up, of course, DJ Moore, you know, 70 something yards receiving in the first quarter alone, ended up with nine catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. That first one on the opening drive on uh, 13 targets. Uh, in this one so I mean he's uh, I think with one of like I think his first catch of the game put him into career high territory like he he had then caught for more yards this year than he had in any other time 
uh, in his career. And uh, that's, you know, outstanding. Uh, congratulations to him. More to come. We still got one more football game we need DJ Moore to show up for. Because uh, if you guys remember, two targets for two catches for 25 yards in the first quarter was all the Green Bay got to see of DJ Moore in the first game of the season. We want to see nine catches for 159 yards and a touchdown against the Packers, and I, I hope that that means positive results for the Bears uh, come uh, next Sunday. So, so that's all of our bear ups, and I don't have any official bear downs, but I have a couple of honorable mentions. Number one, Tyler Scott, an honor, an honorable mention in the bear down. So, not an official one, kind of like a half. The the one foot, you know, not being able to get the second foot down, that happens, you're airborne, that kind of thing. But the second one, the second one, Justin Fields threw a perfect pass, and I think it was just timing again, kind of like that pass that he missed in uh, in Detroit, that big pass where he you see him kind of stutter step a little bit or come off the gas a little bit, and that was the enough for the ball to just be out of his reach. In this one, I, I think he dove too soon. Like, it really just felt like he dove a step too soon. If he takes another step and then go stretches out, I think he comes down with it because it did hit him in the hands. So it would have been a bit more secure with another step uh, underneath him. Um, but it's like, you know, he should have had two touchdowns today. You know, if he uh, has a little bit more body control on the first one and then the second one, if he times his jump a little bit better, I think he comes down with it, and, you know, he's in heavy bear-up territory. He's got more touchdowns than DJ Moore does uh, in that one. So, yeah, but that's what we got Tyler Scott for, was for those kind of over-the-top plays, and I'm hoping that this is an offseason where he develops and he makes that move from year one to year two in 2024 and and will reap the benefits because I don't think that that, uh, Darnell Mooney will be in his way. Uh, next year. So Darnell Mooney was inactive today, but he was more of a, I think he was dealing with a concussion, so he was actually injured. But he didn't play today, which is why we saw more of Tyler Scott, and I think next year won't be an issue at all. I think Darnell Mooney's going to be playing football elsewhere uh, next year, unfortunately. And then the last honorable mention to Luke Getze. Number one, what the hell is Justin Fields doing in the game when we're up 20 with two minutes to go? Uh, in the game. And then number two, why the hell are we throwing the ball? I was like, I know Atlanta called the timeout with two minutes and one second to go. So they essentially kind of get like two timeouts uh, out of it. But uh, that was their last timeout. You get the two minute warning, run the football. Then we run the football a couple more times. Game's over. We get to go home now. But instead, (laughs) we're out there throwing. Justin gets absolutely murdered from behind. And actually, I take it back. He did fumble the ball. But thankfully, Braxton Jones, who had gotten beaten on the play, uh, trailed enough and ran and, and covered the uh, recovered the football. So uh, Justin Fields did, in fact, fumble the ball, but we didn't turn it over today. But I put that on Tyler, on Luke Ketsy. Number one, we're up 20. Put Tyson Bajan back in the game. Let, let him get a few snaps. Uh, in this one. And number two, run the damn ball, man. Our leading rusher's got 120 yards on the ground. Run Khalil Herbert. Who cares, man? It's over. What are we doing? You know, it's like there's a time for that kind of thing, and it was about five minutes 
earlier keeping your foot on the gas. It's over, man. We're up three scores and then some here in the fourth quarter. We got our quarterback rolling out, passing, and with two minutes to go in the ballgame. It's, in, it's pure insanity. Insanity. And it was almost disaster because that was an ugly, ugly hit that he took. So, you know, I'm going full full bear down on that one. That's that's, that's There's no excuse for that. We got to be smarter than that. Like, I don't give a damn if he wants to go back in or not. You're his coach. He takes orders from you. You tell him, hey, man, we're up 20. We need you next week against Green Bay. We don't want anything to happen. Have a seat, man. Tyson can take it from here. This one's over. You know, we're going to take it home for you. But, and this would be a full-blown explicit episode of if Fields had gotten hurt on that play. I would be beside myself with anger. This would be a yeah, but victory because we got a quarterback killed when he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. So, thankfully, he was fine, and he'll be able to play next week against Green Bay, a game that I've been looking forward to for weeks now. And, uh, yeah, but, man, that's just, that's, there's no excuse for that. It's just pure stupidity. Stupidity. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the Week 17 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back tomorrow on Tuesday when we will review the Week 17 slate. And, uh, you know, did uh, Green Bay and uh, Minnesota are playing right now? There's no Monday night game because of the uh, college football playoff games. That's what's going to be on ESPN tomorrow. The Monday night game was yesterday on Saturday with the Cowboys and the uh, Lions. Great game. Crappy finish, man. Unbelievable. The refer- the, comp- the incompetence of referees in this in this season has been unbelievable not to mention every time we get to watch Justin Fields take a cheap shot and no flags get out there but the Bears fart in the wrong direction of a quarterback and you can't see the field for all the flags that are on it it's ridiculous but anyway we'll uh we'll wrap up week number 17 and uh close the book on it and get ready for the last week of the regular season and uh 2023 and uh so everybody be safe By the time you're hearing this, it will already be 2024. So hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday. Enjoy the college football games. Uh, See who's going to be playing that national title game next week. Uh, Come back on Tuesday for the fourth phase and the Week 17 review. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.